Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree, it's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to season two of the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today's guest is Daniel Greenwolf. And he was introduced to me as a Celtic magician, podcaster, poly guy, and queer advocate, and kilt-wearing ginger. That's so right. welcome to the show, Daniel. Is that all correct? That's all of that is accurate. I am all of those things, although right now I am not wearing a kilt uh, for, uh, I am wearing uh, a, a snooty, which is, I think, a combination of a snuggie and a hoodie, because it's cold. Nice. So I'm very, very, I'm very happy to be warm and cuddly. But generally speaking, yes, I, I prefer wearing kilts. Uh, I perform. I do an Irish-themed magic show. And I happen to be also polyamorous and pansexual and an advocate for sex positivity, um, which has gotten me some levels of interesting things over the years. We'll say that much. That's for sure. Yeah, well, it seems like you're on the right podcast. I seek right. always to learn and hear and be educated and meet different and interesting people so that my horizons can continue to grow Woo! because I am a straight, just, I'm straight. I'm straight, <laughs> just straight. I'm just straight. There's, I mean, look, some of my best friends are straight. It's okay. <laughs> I, I know some straight, they're perfectly good people. Um, a little, listen, it's not, it's not my choice, but I respect <laughs> yours for making exactly. it. Exactly. I said, right. I'm, I think I said on my lab, my last podcast, I told my hairdresser because I had mentioned pansexuals and she's like, what is that? And I said, it means you love everybody. It doesn't matter what's, you know, what wine is in the bottle. You don't look at the labels. You just love everybody. And I said, I'm pansexual. I just choose to only have sex with that one white guy that I've been with my whole life. <laughs> there you go. See, see, and I always like to clarify, just when people say like pansexuality is you love everybody. I'm like, no, no, pansexuality means I can love you despite whatever gender you are, but I probably hate most of you. Uh, I <laughs> there we go. That's fair. Yeah, I, I probably, uh, there's probably a lot of people out there that I can't stand. I mean, statistically, at least between 50 or 60 million, maybe, um, you know, but that's another, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have numbers to accurately back that up. I'm just saying, um, at least in this country. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I've, uh, I've been a, an advocate uh, for, you know, I didn't start off as an advocate. I started, I mean, just, just been a magician for most of my life and I, I like being a magician, but uh, a couple of years ago, actually going on seven years now, I've I've been in a polyamorous uh, relationship with my husband and wife. We live, the three of us live together and we raise our, our two daughters that uh, we were talking about before. My, they're nine and ten. And I've been in their life basically since they were three and four. So they know, this is what they know. Like, this is their right. life, you know. Um, and a couple of years back, oh God, three years ago maybe? Two years ago? I can't remember now. It's been a long time. But uh, uh, we were asked to do a a video for um, a company that about being polyamorous and it was called extreme love 
And and I was like, eh, I don't know, we'll see, you know. But but they did some other ones pretty okay. And we ended up doing our video, and they realized immediately that we were so boring. Just so <laughs> freaking boring. And they were so annoyed. They're, but they tried their day. If you watch you watch the original video, you can see like they're they like show the picture of the bed where the three of us sleep and they put this bad porn music on the bed shot. But the reason why is because they had nothing else they could they're like <laughs> They don't have sex parties. They none of it. They're just boring. And like, yeah, all that having three parents means is three people who are sleep deprived, who, <laughs> who, who don't know what the other two people are doing. It's that's all it is. You know, we have a Google Calendar. It doesn't help. What are we doing today? I have no freaking idea. Especially now, the kids are home. Two of us are home. My my husband Ken, he works from home. I work from home. When if I'm not, especially now, I work from home. Um, so I do a bunch of virtual shows, you know. But it's like it's like we still have no idea what time are the kids signing on. I've got no freaking clue. We're done, you know. <laughs> so that's all that that's all that being polyamorous and married means is that there's just more of us to be confused. That's all. No, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the upsides too, but when we did the video though, we did the video and it got like 35 million views on Facebook and we got to do a Buzzfeed live interview, which was great. I love that. The Buzzfeed live was way better because they actually let us control the message and, and mm -hmm. cause uh, polyamory is not about sex. Polyamory is right. about sex. You know, um, I'm, I'm a sex positive person. I, I talk about that basically being uh, somebody who is, who, uh, I believe in the concept of, uh, you know, uh, that sex shouldn't be, sex can be connected to relationships, but it doesn't have to be. Sex right. can be amongst friends. So for some people, sex can be amongst strangers. If that's uh, what you're into and everybody is playing it safe, then that's great. As long as everybody is consenting and has enthusiastic consent, cool. But, uh, but you know, they're two totally separate things. So, so different. And, and that was kind of the big thing we tried to get across people. And, and BuzzFeed was so much better than the other company who right shan't, shan't be named for they are of a of a nefarious sort i mean they didn't it wasn't bad i guess it wasn't terrible but they were just trying to sell something that didn't exist yeah well they tried to well because it's about clicks right it's all i mean when it's the right. social media game it's about clicks um and buzzfeed seemed honestly what's funny because you think buzzfeed you're like there's no way buzzfeed but they were honestly more interested in the live q a aspect and more interested in and you know it was an hour-long conversation so they were able to you know uh and we could control the questions be like i'm not going to answer that i'm going to answer that you know because people always ask the same shit you know right like pardon me can i swear i have no idea okay. if i can swear yes Woo! yeah <laughs> my all right my, i cannot have a podcast without about sex and not be able to swear because sometimes right, well, yeah. i literally have to look at you people and go what the fuck <laughs> oh yeah so yeah and then rightfully so I've, I will look at us and, and go rightfully, you know, uh, so, but yeah, that, that's I, so I was able to get rid of some of that shit, which was great. I know two people who have been on, uh, one was on a reality TV show, the one about wife, wife swapping. Oh yeah. Yeah. That they had and, uh, where the, where the, the moms would swap houses. Yeah. For the live, week. Yeah. Yeah. I know somebody who was on that one and her and her family were like it, what they put on TV was absolutely nothing like what our real life is. Nothing. And yeah. and then also the company that I work for, um, one of the TV shows had done 
um, they were going to do a series, but they only wound up doing one episode. It was called Mother Knows Sex. And it was supposed to be about our company and about her and about her life and her family and how we built the company. And they wound up mostly focusing on her one son who had a drug problem. Like the fact that the mom built the sex toy company had anything to do with the fact that this one kid had a drug problem. And I'm like, no. what? you just really just fucked up everything, stupid Oh TV yeah, channel. well, well, that's what happens. I mean, we got a lot of we, and it's funny. After you get something that hits big, you get producers who contact you, and they want to do shows and stuff. And I think, and really, we had people even contacting us really before the pandemic took hold. Um, we had people contacting us and and asking us about stuff, and and it was always, you know, people who sell you on an idea, and they always want to sell you, and we're always like, you know what. You know, they, they, you know, my, my husband and wife, my wife works in the show with me when she's not doing her real job. She's actually a nurse, but she also works when we do the illusion shows and, um, and, and she's they're They're all like, okay, we know that this would be good promotion. If we get in front of eyeballs and, and you show yourself and we can show ourselves in the best light and we're, they're all kind of advocates as well in that sense. And, uh, so we will take these meetings. And they're always, it's always the same meeting and the same people like, you know, we can make this great and we can make it about the message and the story. And then I feel that these people really do want to make it about the message of the story. And that's why it never gets to <laughs> production because right. the producers look at it and go, this is so boring. Even the, you know, even the video that, that, that got such uh, huge things, like aside from that one bit, they couldn't like, they, there's like, I share my my boyfriend with my husband was like the title it was supposed to be all insidious, oh. but the actual video was like, nah, these are just people that have two kids and the, he's got a weird job and that's about <laughs> it. But right. whoa, hey now. Like that's, that's, yeah. it sounded so sad. <laughs> but the, the more, like, I remember the first person I met who was living in a polyamorous relationship and she had her husband and then she also had her boyfriend and they all lived together. Hmm. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, you know, and I was really just taken aback, I guess it's because I had never been exposed to it, but now yeah. I'm like, cool, whatever. So anytime that goes out there, no matter how lurid they want to make it seem, it's still one more person that has seen it. And so now it's not shocking the next time and it's exactly. taking the shock value out of it, which is kind of sadly what the news has done with like school shootings and all nah. anything that they're putting out there it has to be so much worse than the last one because there's no shock value anymore You're like oh great another school got shot up okay what else is on the news yeah i mean like, if, there's, and, if there's been one upside because the pandemic hey no school shootings i guess that's exactly. uh that's one upside it's, it's not in session um because then it's just a home homicide and that's just exactly. that's boring to them right. you know? um <laughs> A lot of people figuring out their kids were not that great to have in class and they're done with that shit. Exactly. It's all set, right? Um, but Sorry, let's not joke about abusing I know. children. We will not. We'll not. We'll not. We won't joke about that. Although there are days. There's days. There I love my I love my kids. I do. But just sometimes I, I you know, we were raised, uh, you know, my, my father uh, was a, a Marine from Vietnam. Uh, and he was actually uh, surprised. And he knew that he was screwed up. Like he knew that it was... It was, you know, most of the guys who come out of Vietnam, they realize they're like, yeah, this was a terrible experience for everybody involved. You know, <laughs> no one's imagine. like, no one, nobody after Vietnam was like, glad I did that. Nobody was like that. <laughs> Quite an experience. Hell of an adventure. Yeah, that's right. Boy, I've got something to talk about. Like, no, no. Um, <laughs> Build but, you character. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
It's real good for me. Um, but you know, my dad, I always wonder, cause I didn't come out as uh, bisexual and really pansexual. Initially the term bisexuality is what I used uh, for myself. And then I realized pansexuality was more, is more the term that I felt more connected to. Uh, but I didn't really come out about that till after my dad had passed away. Cause uh, I, my dad passed away about 11 years ago. And, and he was always, you know, it's, it's hard to, to pin where my dad would have landed on stuff. My, my father was, uh, I guess he was a Marine from Vietnam, but he was also Wiccan. And my mother is Wiccan, which is a, a, a pagan religion. That's, uh, you know, aspect of a God and a goddess. And we're all, mm -hmm. we're considered witches and stuff like that. But, uh, and, and so I always wonder where he would have fallen on that because he, you know, we just, it just never was a topic that was sex was discussed in my house. Sex wasn't a, a, a taboo subject, uh, but it just never crossed my mind. I grew up with four brothers, so I I definitely didn't want to say, "Hey, that's a lot of dicks in one house." A lot of oh my, <laughs> a lot of dicks in one house. I'm not even talking genitalia. My brothers are all of them. Um, my mom used to say the only people that she's got with her are the cat and the dog on her side, but because uh, they, they 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 were women, so. But my mom was also uh, viciously strong in that sense too. You know, my mom was a, a take no shit kind of lady, still is. Uh, and but she was soft spoken until she wasn't. In fact, I remember my because my mother is Irish and Swedish, and it certainly played into certain things. Uh, because one day uh, my mom got so pissed that none of us were listening. My brothers were not listening to her, and my dad worked overnights. He worked as a, a shipper, JJ Nissen, um, and. What happened was is that my brothers and I weren't listening one day, like for cleaning up the house. And my mother just said, just flipped her shit and threw, just reached in to, uh, you don't want to clean up? Fine. She reached into a bookshelf, knocked all the books like off the ground and like made a giant mess in the ground. She's like, I am going to Dunkin' Donuts and I will be back. And she walked out of the house, slammed the door, got in the car, took off. My father wakes up, walks down the stairs, looks at us, goes, what did you do? What? You broke her. What did you do? You better clean this up. You're all screwed. Like my father was very clear that she's, he's like, you get no protection from me. You out. If she comes home and she says she wants me to throw you against the wall, you get prepared to fly. All right, you're going. <laughs> so my, my my dad's rule was definitely if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So that was uh, we try to try to live by that one still. But I'm a little um, sad because with your bright red hair and you talking about Irish, I really, really wanted you to say everything that your mom said with an Irish accent. I mean, I was I really wish, hoping for it. <laughs> I wish. Unfortunately, my mom, my mom was uh, is very much so a uh, Connecticut uh, native. Uh, it wasn't until our I think my great grandmother is uh, had the Irish accent um, and and hers and hers was was was. Was def was definitely more of a lighter was more of a lighter one from down there maybe more of a southern not southern more of the middle of the country there she was a little light everything goes up at the end you know more like but the uh, Lucky Charms guy a little bit <laughs> tiny bit but 
still uh hearing hearing any irish person swear still fills still fills me with joy whenever i get a chance to it's lovely right i like it it's adorable i don't yeah. know why i'm obsessed with that whole region of the country like right now it could be because i just finished watching the crown it could be because i just finished reading slash watching outlander it could oh, be yeah. that i'm watching bridgerton right now it's like uh, even my gps on my on my phone is uh an english accent yes obsessed. i have my 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 uh my all my Google equipment has a, an, an English woman telling me what to do. And I actually really appreciate that. It's always nice. Um, Cause they don't have an Irish woman. Are you in Connecticut too? I am in Connecticut. Yes. I okay. was born and bred. So when I go over like um, the bridge in new London, it's like, get off on Thames street. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Instead of Thames. <laughs> yeah. Like so I'm in, I'm in jolly old England. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's my little bit of it's the only bit of class I have. It's be, you know it's also because I can't have Jarvis. Like I want the Jarvis. <laughs> you know I would love that. Um, but I I it's yeah I actually speaking of which because you talked about uh you know Outlander and stuff because I I only watched what was on Netflix so I'm still several seasons behind. But there is a series coming to stars, which is uh the two guys. Uh, of so so Sam right Sam Haig 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 whatever mm -hmm. it is and um, uh, the older gentleman which I can never remember his name off the top of my head uh, I'm not the, good with names at all neither am I but but two of the stars of Outlander the two guys who are the stars of Outlander uh, they're going on a road trip through Scotland oh. and it's like and the whole thing is like uh, it's like men in kilts and it's all them like on their kilted trip through Scotland and talking about all the Scottish stuff. And it's, it looks pretty awesome. It's I'm, I'm excited. I might have to get stars I, just for that. I actually bought stars specifically so I could get caught up on outlander. And I did oh. one of those, you know, six months for 25 99 thing. And then I set an alarm on my phone and I was like on this day, cancel stars and they don't make it easy. Nope. It's like a 12 step process. And at one point I was like, wait a minute, I don't think it canceled. So then I went back and did the whole process again and nope, I had missed the very last step. Uh -huh. And then a week later, it was like, come back six months for $24.99. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I will rejoin. That's but right. I'm paying $20 a month for, I mean, I'm, I'm cheap. That's right. You I have mean, to be, but you know, yeah. I mean, for $4 a month, I'm all in. Look, I did the same thing. I, I signed up for the seven-day free trial of Quibi just so I could watch the uh, <laughs> Anna Kendrick show, uh, Dummy, which I actually kind of liked. I actually, me and me and my uh, my wife and my girlfriend, we all three of us watched it together, and it was pretty. I liked it. Uh, I mean, Quibi is terrible, but and obviously, I thought it I, was already closed down already. Already done. Already gone. Yeah. So we watched it. It was great. And you would have thought the pandemic would have helped that thing. <laughs> No, because people are actually watching real television. They're right, actually because we we had more than ten minutes to spare. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's sitting in an airport waiting to board and like I'll watch. No, they're all watching. We're all watching YouTube and Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. was a lot of, lot of that. A lot of a lot of sitting around and staring at our screens for hours yeah. on end. Yeah. yeah, I went through a lot of TV shows. Oh God, we're still. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a sad geek. I uh, uh just now. I finished all of Cobra Kai because I'm so another background too. That's is that, my next one right after Bridgerton. Oh, let me tell you something. I, <laughs> so I grew up, uh, as a, I'm a, I'm a third degree black belt in Tang Soo which is a Korean martial art. And when you grow up doing that and your name is Daniel. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're already you're putting the pieces there. I was Daniel. So many Daniel's son. <laughs> oh, for so many goddamn people, and um, <laughs> but still didn't reduce my love of the movies or of Tang Sudo. So I don't know what the heck is miswired in my brain, but probably a lot. But yeah, or Ralph like, Macchio, Macchio, uh, Macchio. I've never been able to say his name. Macchio, right. Macchio. I don't know. Listen, uh, Pat Morita, Macchiato, <laughs> Ralph Macchiato. I'll take that. I'm I'm certainly gay enough to want a macchiato. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, for me it's Pat Morita. That man is uh, uh, oh, yeah. I love I loved him so dearly. I was so sad when he left this world. He was awesome. Uh, but because I out of character, he was just so delightful. Oh my goodness, I loved him. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, so I I I got through Cobra Kai. Now I'm finally on to Mandalorian, and I am I was a big Star Wars geek and Star Trek geek growing up because I mean you know magic obviously right. It's astonishing I ever had sex at all, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. know. A guy got me into bed with magic once. Ah, I'm so sorry. Never let yeah. that happen again. Yeah, no, it didn't. Let, I mean, uh, the story has been told on this podcast before. I was gonna say the the. Re- was say it didn't last long, but that's not what I meant. What I meant was the relationship didn't last long. The sex went on and on and on and on and on until I finally was like, um, I'm done. Get off of me. And I left. <laughs> yeah, I that's uh well that magicians, uh, that's basically the same thing. If you want to see uh 10 card tricks, ask them to see one. That's how that's how magicians work. <laughs> so I imagine sex is probably very similar to for a lot of them. You know, it's just like I get it. Yeah, the plot keeps going. All right, thanks. Right. Yeah, great. Can Did you, you please... not hear me applause already? Because yeah, I applauded. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready. Can we? I just. I don't even want to cuddle at this point. For Christ's sake, was, just move on. I was so mad. Oh. I was mad, and I was dry, and I was like bent out of shape literally it was like my leg doesn't go there knock it off oh yeah 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 that's the other thing maybe this magician was used to somebody who's more of an assistant type and bends better like I, like I'm, my last I'm, girlfriend could fit into a small container what the hell like <laughs> yeah i think that he had just watched a lot of porn and thought that women were much more into him than oh, they really were god i grew up with when i my my porn growing up uh it gave it gave me a massive inferiority complex. I understand that, uh, but it did make me better at oral sex. I really do feel like watching porn gave me like, oh, they like it when you do the better things, not the things that they were doing, but like, like I never watched porn that just started with the sex. All all porn, and this is something that I think people forget about, like good, like even de- most decent porn, starts with foreplay of some sort mm-hmm. maybe it's not a long time maybe it's a, but they all start somewhere with that like most of the videos whether even if it's even if it's a 73 person gangbang there's some kind of foreplay <laughs> beginning and well, you so have to get the women interested <laughs> yeah I you think I well I or or some of again uh, more of us gay folk uh we we like I've although I've met plenty of 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 gay men and and Maybe not as many women, I don't think. But if I've put plenty of gay men that just kind of wanna, they don't, they think foreplay is like when you say hi. So that's like, hello, my name is Daniel. Oh, are we done with foreplay? Like, no, that's not. That's not how it is. I so, need a little bit more than that. Oh, that. Yeah. So I think I, I'll give porn my. Uh, I'll give that. That's where my my sex education. I feel comfortable with uh, saying that porn did give that give me that. Aside from the massive inferiority complex. 
Um, and also growing up fat did not help that matter. I used to be 355 pounds. So oh. I was I was a very big boy. I mean, I'm currently wearing us. I'm currently wearing my snooty. So I don't know how yeah. big I look on screen, but you don't actually, you don't, you have a, a, a nice narrow face, but it also could be that the hair is nice and long. So that's, you yeah, know, that's right. It's all, it's swimming. all a big, yeah, exactly. It's all an optical illusion. That's how I make it all work. <laughs> the, the stereo headphones make everything smaller. Um, no, but I, I was, I think that all of that made me realize two things. One consent, uh, was important for me before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't want to be a six foot tall, 300 pound, 355 pound fat guy and have somebody say, uh, I didn't, I wasn't really into having sex with you. Like that, right. that ruins you uh, in, in so many deep psychological ways. And oh, I thankfully, imagine. yeah, I never had that, but I had friends who had that and I, I didn't want to be that. I could just, I just felt that way. So I always was very a enthusiastic consent had to be done and B, I never upplayed any of my physical attributes. I never upplayed my ability. <laughs> None of that. You never, cause here's what I'd rather have. This is probably going to be disappointing. Are you into it? Say yes. Enthusiastically. Exactly. This, <laughs> this may at best, maybe be a, adequate. A, a, an adequate diversion <laughs> from watching the VHS we currently have in, uh, can we, <laughs> Yeah, right back then it was VHS and chill. That's right. <laughs> Hi, I got I got three ninjas kicked back. Do you want to sit down and watch it with me? Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I really do think that that helped. And then, because here's my thought process. If I tell somebody, because people, there's people who think because I wear a kilt and I'm on stage and everything and they're like, oh God, he's... He's got to be hung like a moose. And I go, first of all, no, get that out of your head. Because just because I've got balls of solid brass, that has nothing to do with anything Still else. Still hung like a white guy. Exactly. <laughs> but the other thing is I say, I go, this only goes one of two ways. If I tell everybody that I'm like, no, I'm not big. In fact, it's probably, you know, it's uh, probably this, you know, I'm sure Stephen Hawking has a theory about how small my dick is. But like, but if I... But either you look at it and you go, oh, well, it's not that bad. Or you uh, or or you look at it and you go like, well, why is it like I'm like, I told you. Why, why is it like that? What, why is it like what that? What happened to it? What happened to it? I'm Did like, they take the whole tip? That's right. That's the foreskin. What the hell? <laughs> I'm telling you. But, but that's the thing. If you set yourself up. So uh, uh, so those who have uh, uh, a penis. I can only suggest to you stop up playing your size and don't be, if, if anything, short it by an inch or two, because right. the people who do end up seeing it will either be impressed or it'll be exactly what they expected. Just exactly. give yourself that. And, um, and if you're somebody who is, who is extremely well hung, uh, also downplay it because you be <laughs> there's plenty of women and men who will be mildly terrified by a giant penis. They will yes. be. They yeah. are. It's scary. I had a boyfriend in high school who had a, a massive I mean, and I've seen I've seen plenty now and still when I go back, I'm like, that one was huge. Cause I try to think to myself, was it huge because it was one of the first few that I saw or was it huge? And I was like, that penis never made it past your labia. It was huge. Yep. Like yep. it was massive. It was like a Coke can. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> there, there is a certain kind of person. And now that, that I'm 52, I'm like, where'd he go? No I'm kidding. That's right. Where is it? 
Bring it back. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I am, uh, as I, I always terrified by the idea of, of, and I have a friend of mine who he was, I always used to make a joke and be like, his, his wife's got to be like a pole sitter, like one of the old time circus <laughs> pole sitters. She climbs up there and she's like, I'm almost done. Like she has to yell down. Like they have to have a radio system so they can talk at the end of his dick. Like it's really, it's something. So I, 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 I never wanted to be those people either. I just, I just wanted to not hate my body is what it comes down to. And oh, I think, welcome uh, to being a woman. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> listen, I have a, I have a therapist and I have a couples therapist and I can say that, uh, so many men and women, you know, I think, I don't know if I, I think that those who are, are cis, cis males, I would say cis males, uh, would be more, uh, are better at hiding it maybe, but yeah. So many people are just do not like their bodies and themselves and, 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 and that's really sad. And I wish more people did. And I wish I did. I am still working on it. I lost 140 pounds and I still look at myself and go, no, no, I have my days though. I I think that's what I'd be looking for. Right. I'm just, you're just looking for good days, days when you can take one naked selfie and go like, I'll show that to somebody else, not like <laughs> to the world. Like, no, I'm not opening an OnlyFans, but like, I would I could, never take a naked selfie. I could show that to somebody. I don't even like walking by the mirror when I'm naked. <laughs> yeah, you just look and you're like, oh, like, oh where'd she come from? Somebody else is standing in the mirror with me. What the fuck? <laughs> that's that's why mirrors on the ceiling terrify me. Like, I can't imagine. I would look like a pancake. Like everything would yeah. just like go mm-hmm. to the <laughs> and especially you wake up in the middle of the night, you open your eyes and like, ah, a flat thing is going to fall on me. It's got a face. And you're pretty white. It would probably look like the moon falling, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, when... I had to go with the, how white the Irish are. <laughs> oh, no, no, we are. I'm violently pale. Although I have to be. So I, uh, like I, as, as I've mentioned, uh, I, I have to wear makeup when I do virtual shows. Otherwise, I am as white as a sheet. Um, but the thing is, is that I found that I'm not as white as I thought because I have to get a darker foundation. Like I had to, they make foundations that are whiter than I am. And I was surprised by this. Like, maybe it's for the kabuki girls. That's right. It's right. It's all that (laughs) for like traditional geishas. But, um, I figured out that, uh, cause I'm not really white and I like to, I quote Bill Murray from space jam. Cause they talk about Larry Bird, like Larry Bird's white. He goes, Larry's yes. not white. Larry's clear. Oh, and that's right. what I am. I'm see-through. <laughs> I go into a doctor's office and the nurses are all like, I can just see your veins. This is perfect. <laughs> They're in and out. They've never missed. And that's, you know, it's cause I literally have a giant circle just like shoot there. It's great. That's I hope hilarious. that I hope that'll do me good when, uh, when vaccine time comes rolls around, when my number uh-huh. comes up, can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. I Microchip had, me. I don't care. <laughs> I had COVID, so I'll just. Oh my goodness! I'll just go ahead and live my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you waited out. I, I hate to break it to you. There's a chance that that immunity might wear off. So just yeah. So will yeah. yours. Didn't, didn't I don't you, care. Didn't you see? It'll only last three to four months, and then you have to get it every year, just like the flu shot. Bah. Which I I've also seen, don't get. <laughs> I see. Oh. Oh, you're one of those. All right. I well. am. I'm one of those. I've, I, had the, <laughs> I had the flu one time 
that was really, really, really bad. Like, I don't know, 10 or 15, maybe even 22 years ago. One of those really bad ones where you just kind of want to die. Um, and then, you know, anytime I get it now, I get a touch of the flu where you just feel bad for a couple of days. And eventually mm. I feel like COVID will probably be the same. Eventually. Right now we're all, our, all our immune systems are going, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This well, is new. <laughs> well, it's, it's because it happens to be something that also attacks your, uh, that can also attack your organs and fucking liquefy you. So, you know, yeah. the flu, uh, is bad, but not, this is not it. This is not that. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully once we get ourselves our uh, herd immunity there, I've been, I, so I, I, cause my, my girlfriend is in Pennsylvania. So as you can tell, I've been watching, uh, coronavirus news very goddamn closely because I would like to see her at some point. <laughs> Thank you, Connecticut. Have you seen her at all? Or is this just an online thing right now? No, no, we've, we've seen each other. Uh, we've, okay. we've, she was up for, she was up for Thanksgiving. Um, cause we, we didn't go see our families for Thanksgiving and she basically, it's kind of just her and, uh, she has uh, two kids, but it's been, you know, last year when we were all kind of together before when this all, you know, we've been together for, uh, over a year now. And so from like September until March, we were seeing each other fairly regularly, you know, not, you know, she would come up, we'd go down. It's like a three hour drive or whatever. Um, and then March hit and it's funny when, when this all hit, we were actually coming back. We were doing a show in Virginia beach. Uh, my, my wife and I were doing our full illusion show in Virginia beach. We were hired by a, a performing arts center. In fact, the Ziders American dream theater down there was lovely. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful space, beautiful people to work with. Um, and it was a 300 seat theater that was sold out for our show over the course of the week when things started being announced it went from being sold out to being okay it is now 200 tickets to now all right now we have to have it half full capacity because of guidelines and by the time we did our show uh when this again at the beginning of march uh i think we had 80 people in the crowd Everybody was sitting apart and we we're already at the elbow handshake phase. Like yeah. they didn't know about masks at this point, if masks were good or not. They didn't know about, but we had hand sanitizer everywhere. People were keeping a safe distance and we were doing elbow uh, uh, handshakes. So, and on the drive back from Virginia Beach, because we drove from Connecticut to Virginia, um, we were like, my my uh, my husband called up and my 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 wife's mom they're like we need toilet paper and they're out up here <laughs> so on our drive back we stopped at every other walmart that we could get ourselves near all of them were sold out of toilet paper until we came across one that was selling scott's the the big rolls of the scott tissues they just put a yeah. pallet out and we went in and we got some for folks and but if we didn't laugh like by the time we were leaving that pallet was empty we were there for 10 minutes and people just cleared it out so we got lucky it was like one place randomly along the route that we found so that was the beginning of all of this silliness um and so you know it's been it's just been it's been hellacious trying to figure out like the because you do you, you don't want to because i'm my whole career is performing for large groups that's mm, it. So mine. Yeah. So like, what in the hell are we supposed? So I've been doing virtual stuff for, uh, since March, we've been doing live stream shows and I do a virtual show. Um, 
which I don't know when this is going to go out, but I will totally pimp my virtual show. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, January 29th and 30th, I'll be doing Celtic Magic Virtually Live, which uh, is uh, basically it's our it's interactive. It's a full live show, and, and we just... You know, we just uh, we do it through Zoom and, and it's been we've done it now since November or since October, something like that. No, wait, something like that. We've done it a bunch. There we go. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Time has no meaning. Right. But, uh, but I've been doing it since then. And it's been a, a lot. It's actually been a lot of fun. It's been fulfilling because it's I'm a problem solver kind of guy. So I like mm -hmm. trying to figure out that's maybe that's one reason why I like polyamory, too, because it's like another puzzle to kind of figure out and solve. Um but when you screw up, though, it's just you're affecting a lot more humans, I think, is the problem than if I screw True. up my magic show. All right. Now I'm going to get nosy because, you, you know, that's Let's what I Let's do did. it. So now you said you have a husband and you have a wife and you Correct. have a girlfriend. Correct. So how do you go about bringing another person into a fairly well-established relationship? And is it just your girlfriend or is it everybody's girlfriend? Okay. So this uh, – so every – so every polyamorous uh, relationship is different uh, and everybody's going to have different uh, rules and different things set up with us. And I'll give you the full scorecard to the best of my ability. Here we go. My husband, my wife and I, all three of us live together. We sleep in the same bed. My husband has a wait, girlfriend. Wait, wait, wait. Who sleeps in the center? Uh, my wife does because <laughs> she does because uh, she she wants the most warmth. Um, and, uh, it just makes life a little bit easier. Also, we go to bed at weird times anyway. We're terrible about that. Uh, so, so the, with three of us live together, we raise the kids, we sleep together. My husband has a girlfriend, just his girlfriend disconnected from, from, uh, my wife and I, and that's his girlfriend. And that's Laura. Who's uh, fantastic has been with Ken for almost five years now. I think something like going on five years. Uh, I have a girlfriend, uh, Meadow, who has been with, uh, been with me for over a year and is also my wife's girlfriend. So Meadow is, is both of our girlfriends and my wife has a girlfriend, um, who is just her girlfriend, who she's been with for a couple of months now is just her girlfriend. Um, so that is the scorecard as it currently stands. We have, uh, this studio has a, uh, a couch that pulls out into a mattress. So if somebody comes and stays over and they want to have a separate room, we have a separate room for them. They can stay here and, and, and camp out here, and that's fine. Um, and that's that's really, that's the the whole, the you know, that's the whole scorecard as it is. It's so a lot of no relationships. Like, there's no, like, per, it's not, per, like, permission-based. Like, you don't have to be like, I met this girl. I think I like her. Is it cool if I invite her over kind of thing? No. So what happens is it comes down to, it's a conversation. It's a, it's not a permission thing. It's a, so here's the deal. Um, you know, cause I, we've, we've learned over the years that the idea of veto power, the idea that a partner has control over another partner's actions is not healthy because what happens is then it creates a resentment. It creates, right. uh, you know, uh, and also, it, it it's a control thing. It's a weird possessiveness that that is uncomfortable and unsettling. And so, what we end up doing is, is we say, "Let's we have a conversation." Hey, I'm gonna go and have coffee with this person. Okay, cool. Go ahead, have coffee with this person. That's great. You know, and maybe things progress, and they were kept in the loop, is the best way to describe it. And then we ask if it's okay, 
but it's more of a, it's a courtesy to ask, hey, is this all right? Because again, I talk about nobody know nobody knows what the fuck's going on in our house. You know, we really don't. <laughs> like, what is what is the schedule? Uh, is someone going to be able to pick up the kids from from school, or is somebody going to be able to take the kid to karate or whatever? You know, uh, if I go and I spend an evening, if I if I go down to Pennsylvania for the weekend. Is everything set? You know, if I go and I'm spending the night, you know, in wherever is everything set? All of these things uh, play in as a factor. So it's not asking for permission. It's just making sure that it can happen logistically. And if there's a thing that we're uncomfortable about, then we can talk about it. But my dis so so my discomfort about a relationship that's not mine is not on me. It's not on them, I should say. It's on me. Right. Okay. Uh, and the jealousy and envy. So, so I'll, I'll tell you right now, I have, an, I, have an, I have a feeling and jealousy and envy are, I describe them in two different ways. Jealousy is I want the thing that you have and I don't want you to have it. Envy okay. is I want what you have, but I also want you to have it too. Okay, so, that's cool. so that's the way I describe them differently. So for me, envy is so my my husband's girlfriend and my wife's girlfriend, uh, who is not my girlfriend, they live in Connecticut within 15 minutes of the house. So they can come over whenever. They're in our bubble, they're in our circle, they can they can come over and they can hang out. They can just hang out. My girlfriend lives in Pennsylvania, three hours away. That can't happen. Right. So there's definitely a feeling of envy there, but it's not, but it's not their fault. It's not right. my girlfriend's, you know, it's not my wife's girlfriend's fault. It's not my husband's girlfriend's fault that they happen to live in Connecticut. You know, it's just infuriating that this restriction is being put upon me. That's outside of my control. And, and I've, you know, what the funny thing is, is that I could even say, you know, well, I could get tested. She could get tested. We could go down. We can meet. Da, 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 da. But still, at the end of the day, if I get pulled over, I'm going to get a $500 fine for meeting my girlfriend. Like, it, it's, it is aggravating. But you have to remember that that's separate and that's separate from my feelings. That has nothing to do with something that they did. And this is something that we have to work through. I have a couples therapist with my, my wife and I have a couples therapist. And we talk about the other aspects of our relationship. Uh, nobody else comes into these sessions. It's just my wife and I, because my wife and I are the ones who've had the most, um, have, have, we've had the most uh, uh, kind of uh, issues with things over the years, uh, just because we we're just very intense people. Uh, my husband who started your thruple. Um, as long as you never call it that again, I'm fine. Sorry. With it. Uh, no, no, it's okay. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I like triad. It makes me sound like I'm in an Asian gang. Okay, so, good. <laughs> so who was the original two and the original? Well, you, I'm guessing you and your husband and your wife were the original triad. So here's was the thing. original two? So, so my husband and wife have been married for uh, a, a now, oh God. They've been married now for like 11 years, 12 years. Okay. And they knew each I other see. before that. Uh, I was initially with my ex-wife. So to explain, so here we go. Here comes the story I've told this, uh, but this is the basic line of it, is that my ex-wife and I, uh, when she was not my ex-wife, we were together for about a decade and we were sex sexually open. We were not polyamorous. We were just sexually open. And we met my husband and wife 
um, they were married. We were married. We thought by the way they were talking with us and the way that they were interacting with us, we were so convinced that they were also, and the term I was using at the time was swingers. There's really, it's, it's hard to, it was hard to come up another term, you know, uh, uh, seven years ago. Now I like sex positive uh, or sexually open. I, I prefer that better, but we thought they were. Uh, my husband was uh, bisexual, um, and and uh, my wife was 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 heteroflexible. It turns out she realized later that she was full on pansexual, but she didn't really realize that. Heteroflexible, I like that. Isn't that great? A good, it's a good <laughs> phrase, right? Um, so, but what happened was that all four of us met, and we're like, oh, this will be fun, and we'll just kind of connect, and maybe we'll just have some fun times. But then real feelings started to develop amongst the four of us, and so for about eight months. The four of us were in a polyamorous quad where my my wife, my ex-wife was in love with with uh, my husband and my my wife was in love with me and we loved each other. Uh, but those were kind of the main pairings. My, you know, obviously we all there was a big it was everybody was in love with everybody else was what it seemed to be. What it turned out was, is that and my wife and I had had problems. My ex-wife and I had problems. And, and so for about five years into our relationship, and we were together for 10 years. So it's five years of pretty constant, heinous uh, uh, shit towards each other. And it turned out that my ex-wife was not looking to be in a polyamorous relationship. My ex-wife was looking to replace me. Mm. To which my husband said, but I love my wife. I love my children. And I love my boyfriend you know, uh, me, <laughs> he's like, I'm not leaving them for you. Like, that's not how this works. And my ex-wife hated my, my, uh, my girlfriend and was jealous of her, thought she was a brat and all this other crap. And she was just really toxic. And so finally on Christmas morning, Yeek. yeah, oh yeah. Right. On Christmas morning, my ex-wife and I got into an argument over cookie bags. Oh, okay. That'll take a good family down any day. You'd think so, right? Right? That was the thing. Well, it was, uh, it was, the, the, the argument was very deep. Uh, it, it, it basically, it was obviously, as we all know, most arguments like that are pointing towards the larger issue. And at the end of that argument, so we started at arguing about cookie bags and we ended at, we're separating on Christmas morning. And then we had to go to all of the different families Mm. And still, yeah, it was an interesting, it was an interesting day. Um, and so then what happened was is that I was going to live with my ex-wife because we had a lease. We were still in a, you know, we lived in Waterbury in a very nice townhouse. So like we still had a lease to live, to, to work, to finish out. And then afterwards I was going to find something to, to live, somewhere to go. And my husband and wife were, were living separately. And uh, what happened was is that after about two weeks, my ex-wife said, nope, can't do this. You're out. And I said, oh, thanks. Great. <laughs> and she was, she was a teacher. She had a real job. I was the magician. So it made sense that she was going to be the one to try to carry the apartment without me. I, I get it. You know, on that level, I get a financial issue. I wouldn't be able to kick her out anyway. Right. So I was like, all right, fine. So I went over to my husband and wife and I said, hey, this is what's happening. They go, okay, you live with us now. And for, I don't know, like a month, my ex-wife tried to date my husband without us being involved. Like just like in kind of a, 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 yeah. a you, I guess. But <laughs> that quickly fell apart because she was a, a, just a, a jealous, hateful person. Um, 
And so we got divorced and she was out of the picture and it was just the three of us. And uh, we moved from, we were in Stratford, Connecticut, and then we moved to Orange, Connecticut. And then uh, we've been there ever since. And so we've been together now, just the three of us for like six years now. And uh, I kind of like this because I'm like, listen, you little snotty ass section of Connecticut. Look what you got living there. Ha! You know? That's right. They're, oh, every time I do a party there, all of the, the women act like, oh, we've never even had sex. And I'm like, oh, God, fuck you all. Listen, <laughs> just remember that uh, there are two there were two functioning before the pandemic, actually one. But then it became two again. There were two functioning porn theaters in Connecticut, Art Cinema and the Fairmount Theater. I actually know uh, the daughter of one of the owners of one of those. Uh huh. Probably art cinema. I think Fairmount's. Uh, I, I don't. I. I the don't know. I haven't. The two. She was. She was friends with my daughter and her fr and their friends when they were in college. And, uh -huh. you know, sometimes my kids have. They don't really have trouble telling people what I do, but I think now they've defaulted to comedian real quick because it's easier than sex toy lady. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that. Um, I've the the thing you always have to be careful of, right? Is just that there's so many goddamn MLM people out there that that for you to to for you to be like no no I actually sell sex toys folks I do I'm not right. I'm not just you relax now you know well, like that's I, but I am in direct sales that's yeah that's, you know, that's what you do like that's what you what, do yeah the thing that drives me crazy is that people are unable to differentiate between direct sales and multi-level marketing or network yeah. marketing oh yeah network yeah. Oh, marketing God is and multi-level marketing and direct sales. Direct sales is part of multi-level marketing and so is network marketing, but they're very, very different. Exactly. And, they, and the difference is, do you sell a product? Yeah. <laughs> do, can I buy a product from you? Mm -hmm. That's direct sales. Yep. And if somebody says, I'll send you a private message and, and then they say, hey, you sign up as a preferred customer and then, but, but, nope, nope, no, 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 I want a silicone dick, mail it to me. That's exactly. what I want. And you I can get you, that from me. I want, okay. you give me $49.99 plus shipping and handling. Yeah. I want a decent silicone penis. I want it yes. now. Yes. Actually, now I just sell every, send everybody to my website because since pandemic, I don't do too many parties. So I have nothing in stock unless you want to shave. Do you want to shave? I got shaving cream. Everything else, go to my website. Nah. Shipping is the same and you'll get it faster. There you but go. Yeah, there is that argument. I have a question go um, ahead. because I did interview someone a couple of months ago about uh, polyamorous relationships. And she said that uh, testing, STD testing, mm -hmm. um, is pretty common. And so I know that you're in fairly committed, you're in a fairly committed well, circle. Yeah. But do we do a lot of testing? So yeah, what we do for our so when not honestly. Actually, let me ask you the background question. Let me ask you the reason ahead. I ask you that. Go ahead, go ahead. So she lived where she lives, she can go and get a full panel testing for like ten dollars. Yep. There's I guess a local college around where they could do that. And then I look to see if that sort of thing is available here in Connecticut. And I uh, like if you wanted a full uh drug or not drug, um std test panel and you didn't have insurance it's like 350 dollars or something so i'm wondering is there something that i just couldn't find that makes it easier to get testing well um so planned parenthood has been uh very fantastic for that for us um now also i have insurance i am uh i i i i do thank 
the Affordable Care Act because it got me insurance when I was not going to have anything for forever and ever. So I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and so before the pandemic, I should stress because now nothing. There has been. There's no need. It's like nobody has seen anybody else. It's all. Right. <laughs> but when the then when there wasn't the apocalypse. <laughs> and we were connecting with people and meeting up with and, and sometimes and of course, you know, we're we're still sexually open. Like if there was a case where that was a thing, then, yeah, you could certainly go and have a partner if that's what you want to do. But the problem is, is that, um, you know, it, none of that happening. But before that, we found out that we could be on a basically a two month cycle. And what I mean by that is that my husband would get tested and then two months later, you know, my wife would get tested. Then two months later, I would get tested. And between the three of us, somebody's getting tested every two months. And which is, by the way, pretty overkill most of the time for, but it just happens to work out that we can take that extra precaution because mm -hmm. we have Google Calendar and schedule. And because of Planned Parenthood, because of our insurance, uh, separate insurances, I should say, my, my husband and wife have an insurance and I have my separate insurance because our marriage can't be legal Thanks, right. America. <laughs> um, screw you, people. Uh, no, but um, but so because of that, uh, all of our stuff is is covered. All of our our STI panel is covered, um, and so I don't have an issue with that uh, through you know whether it's Planned Parenthood or through my uh, healthcare provider. So I give all the credit to where credit is due with Planned Parenthood. Um, but that's where I would. That's where I suggest folks go uh, for okay. for that because that's the best way to go. And yeah, I do think that regular testing is not only important. I think it is necessary. And now it's interesting to me how the conversation is going to change when the world opens back. I'm sure it already has to some extent because some people are, you know, because I'm like I was talking about the the art cinema out of Hartford, which is a one of the it was a porn theater that was around for a long time. Then it closed down, and during the pandemic, they able to rebuild and reopen. Like they just had enough people to <laughs> donate money to the cause of reopening this porn theater. They, apparently, people are really hard up in Connecticut, but they uh, but they but they reopened, and so I'm curious about how that conversation is going to change. To add on, is your you know uh, when's the last time you were tested? And did you have COVID or did you have the vaccine? Like, I feel like that that's going to become part of the conversation now. Um, Cause yeah, I just feel like that's gonna become part of the conversation in much the same way. I don't think it's going to be this because in most circles that I've come across STI testing is just a part of the conversation and it's just common and it's a very chill conversation. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you were tested? you know, uh, have you, you know, are you, do you have anything, you know, right now? Are you currently, do you have anything with you? And, you know, uh, and that's another part of the conversation. And I think that this is going to become another part of that conversation, uh, which is fine. I don't mind that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. So that's, yeah. that's my, that's my thought. As far as STIs go, it's just get them done, do it, get tested. Okay. So Daniel, how can people find you? If you want to find my queer, poly, opinionated, liberal ass. You can find me. Uh, Pro-vax. Pro, <laughs> highly pro-vaccine, 100%. I'm pro-science, all the good stuff. Anyway, so uh, if you can find me at a, which is funny because I'm a magician and a Wiccan, go figure. But uh, anyways, 
just makes me more pro science, I think. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at I'm I'm at Daniel Greenwolf on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, um, on uh, I I I think the only thing I don't have. Uh, I think the only social media I don't have is a parlor, but now nobody does. So ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so yeah, so you can find me on all those things. Uh, Celticmagicshow.com slash virtually live is where you can get tickets for my show on January 29th and 30th. And all of the proceeds from that show are going to go towards the, uh, there's a reclaim and rebuild the Bodman Academy of Karate Fund. Uh, which is what that show is going to go towards. And it's a big program that is, uh, there's a dojang, which is our term for dojo, if you take Korean uh, Korean martial art. And our program, basically, uh, our grandmaster passed away in January before COVID hit. So this has been a great year. Uh, 2020 <laughs> was lovely. So he passed away and the dojang was in, uh, we didn't know it was going to happen. And now uh, the family has allowed it to be sold because uh, uh, two one of our our other black belts who was able to to buy it and it was going to be able to buy it hopefully so we have a project to to be able to do that and uh all the money from that those shows on january 29th and 30th is going to go towards that project so that's the uh that's our that's my big pitch that's the nice thing i'm doing for the year that's it that's i'm done no more nice stuff you're I'm done <laughs> is that for the end of 2020 or is that the beginning of 2021 and you're just done for the rest of the year now yeah right i figured i don't know i think i'm done for the next <laughs> i think until 2023 i've got i've right. got enough cred built up now i i can't i'm too much of a pansy ass i still like to do <laughs> nice things for people it's terrible I don't. I'm awful and I hate everybody. Okay. So I, I you hate can, everybody too, but I'm still I know. A, I'm a sucker. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed. You can find me at standupcomedysexed.com and raylenetaskoski.com. I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, and politely share an alternate point of view and generally let, a, let us know what you think of this episode. So start search. I'm just making shit up now. Search, Search for Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Share it with your friends. And don't forget to find me on Undebatable, another awesome podcast with three younger men and myself talking about all the fun stuff going on in the world. So um, look up undebatable.show. And then I won't. I don't talk too much about sex on that one, but then all the rest of it comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I have the Green Wolf podcast. Why am I an idiot? I've got my podcast too. <laughs> I Green don't Wolf know Cat. Why. Yeah, Green, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I know why. I have a lifetime to prove that. But if you enjoyed me, greenwolfcast.libson.com is where you can find about the Green Wolf podcast. I talk to people oh. every week, magicians and jugglers and other performers. That's what I do. That's me. That is awesome. Hey, I actually know uh, a mentalist if you want to connect and have him on your show. Who's your mentalist? Uh, Jonathan Pritchard. John Pritchard. Why do Jonathan I? Jonathan Pritchard. Yes. Let me see. I feel like it. Here's the problem. This is where the magic world is. It's like, I think I know Jonathan Pritchard, but uh, it's, do I know Jonathan Pritchard? Jonathan. Well, my, he was on our podcast and he asked uh, our producer, he's like, oh, did Raylene connect you with me? And he's like, no, I didn't know you knew Raylene. <laughs> oh. It has happened like two times because I know people all over the world. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. It's, it's nice how that happens, right? Um, yeah. I don't, you know what? I don't know Jonathan Pritchard. Well, there you go. I will connect you. So if I you want to have him on your show. Oh yes. That would be delightful. Goodness All gracious. Right. And I'm going to connect you with that other lady that we talked about too. Cause she likes to have weirdos on her show. And I think you fit the bill. 
I am weird and loud, and I hope that it was uh, was certainly okay. I hope that. Yeah, <laughs> I I think we had a lot of fun conversation, and I think I my it. listeners will enjoy it. I hope. I hope. So anyway, well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Bye. It's been a pleasure. Toodles. <laughs>